The scripture reading for this Christmas day is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, and we'll be reading chapter 2, the verses 1 to 16. Leading up to this, it's been talking about what we've just been singing about as well, the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, in, in the Gospel of Matthew, an angel has appeared to Mary, and this angel has declared to her, behold, of the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call himself, uh, his name Emmanuel. So the, the angel had declared that she'll bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And that prophecy said that this was a fulfillment of calling his name Emmanuel. Now we come to the second chapter of Matthew here. And you'll be able to find that on page 1112 of your pew Bible. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. And here comes the text we'll be focusing on, verse 6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go. And search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod... When he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. So far, the word of God. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how many wise men do you think were there at the birth of Jesus Christ? How many magi do you think were there? If you've been listening to 
Christmas carols and looking at Christmas cards in the store, especially you boys and girls, these answers might pop into your head. Three, and a drummer boy. They were looking in the manger and Jesus was smiling up at them and they got there because there was a big bright light hanging over the house. While these might be very popular ideas in our world today, the truth of this event is a little bit different. It might surprise you. Well, most of it might surprise you. It's pretty clear that there was no drummer boy. Drummer boys were a more modern invention, and the earliest recorded instance of a drummer boy was here in North America, where boys as young as 11 played the drums while marching into battle in the American Revolutionary War in the late 1700s. The picture of a little boy playing a drum carrying on a marching beat for these wise men who are walking through the countryside is not found anywhere in the Bible. But you probably knew that. What may surprise you more is the number of wise men that were there at Christ's birth. The answer is none. There was not a single wise man there the day of Christ's birth. Hold on, you might say. Weren't they there with the shepherds? While that's what many Christmas stories might teach, that's actually not the case. You see, Jesus was born in a stable in Bethlehem. Joseph and Mary had come there in Mary's last trimester, probably on the back of a donkey. They traveled about 145 kilometers. Think about that. Mary in her last trimester traveling 145 kilometers on the back of a donkey only to reach the town and then find out that there was no room in any establishment. So there Christ was born and laid in a manger, which is how the shepherds found them. But after that incredible night, when the angels of God filled the sky with his glory, and they and all creation sang together with joy, and the shepherds rushed to see this newborn king and spread the news, that night came to an end. And for a time, Joseph and Mary became just another couple. They were married. Remember, they were only betrothed to be married before Jesus Christ was born. But here we see that they were married and they lived in a house together. Now, we, we know that they were married because in ancient Jewish culture, it would have been unthinkable for a couple to move in together and live in a house together before they were married. But we see here, as we've been, as we've been reading in this passage, in verse 11, it says, They had come into the house. They were no longer sitting in a stable together, but they have come together in a house But it's more to it than just that. Now they live together in a house of Bethlehem. Consider this. Later in trying to kill this newborn king of the Jews, the murderous king Herod had his people kill every baby in Bethlehem that was two years old and under. Now you might wonder about that because you think newborn babies, they look pretty different from a two-year-old baby. But he's basing the timing off of when the Magi saw the star. He said, according to the time which the Magi saw the star. 
This gives us a bit of an idea of the age range that they were looking for. Herod was not taking any chances. From the time that the star appeared, he timed it out in his head and he said, everybody from that age down. So we can see by this this terribly, terribly sad and horrific and destructive moment that Jesus was older as well by the time that these magi came along. So as we look at this passage, this gives us a bit of an idea of the fact that when we do look at these events, things aren't always quite what they seem at the first look. And the same is true for the rest of the description of this event in the Gospel of Matthew. Sometimes as we come to a passage, as we come with our Western mindset, we assume things. And sometimes through our assumptions, we miss things. And so it's good to look at these events through new eyes. Looking at it with new eyes, we'll see how Matthew is a Jewish gospel that speaks of magi from the east. A Jewish gospel speaks of magi from the east. We'll see that as our theme. To understand the significance of Matthew's speaking of magi from the east, when we're looking at it through these new eyes, you first need to understand who Matthew is writing for and what the purpose of his gospel is. Matthew was a Jew, as were all the disciples of Jesus Christ. But Matthew, as a Jew, and the author of this gospel, he had something special in mind while he was writing out this gospel. Matthew chose, by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, to write a specifically Jewish-oriented gospel written for an audience of Jews. So how does this make a difference? It means that he wouldn't explain the language and culture like Luke, who's writing for a Greek audience, does. It also means that the purpose of the gospel was to explain to the Jews that Jesus was the fulfillment of Jewish prophecy. And so you see prophecy after prophecy coming out to prove how Jesus was the long-expected Jewish Messiah. All of those confusing bits of Christ's life, the ones that didn't make sense to the Jews in Matthew's day, that Jesus was born in a stable instead of a palace, that Jesus was crucified instead of crowned in pomp and splendor. How were these things the kind of things that a Messiah would do? Well, that's because Jesus was coming as a Jewish Messiah, as the fulfillment of prophecy of Old Testament prophecy. So throughout the gospel, Matthew is constantly quoting Old Testament text. You'll notice that there are events that Matthew leaves out that are found in the other gospels, but Matthew doesn't include them because they are not relevant to the fulfillment of those Old Testament prophetic texts. If you're reading Matthew and you think, why doesn't he include what this other gospel author did? Let your first question be, who was he writing for? Does this fit with the mission of the Gospel of Matthew? 
So having that as a bit of a framework in our minds as we come to this passage, here we have a group of wise men, of magi who are coming from the east. And there's the assumption by many that there are three because of the three gifts, but there's no reason to believe that there couldn't have been more. The question that's at the forefront of the reader of Matthew's gospel, however, is not that. The question at the forefront of the reader of Matthew's gospel is, why? Why include this event? What impact could this possibly have on us as Jews? And for us today as well, what reason could we have to care about this today? For the Jews, it meant this. The very first people to recognize Jesus as king were foreigners. The shepherds, of course, had come before, but they hadn't recognized him as king. The very first people to recognize him as king were these foreigners. God has chosen to show the king to these pagans, to these non-Jews. And through them, he had chosen to show the fulfillment of this prophecy. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. They came bearing news of this ruler who would shepherd the people of Israel. And this king would be the ruler of the nation of Israel, of the people of God. Now, this would be a hard pill for people from Jewish backgrounds to swallow. Foreigners, pagans, telling us who our king is? But it's actually incredibly important that Matthew places this in his gospel for those Jewish readers because he is teaching them that what affects Judea, what affects the Jewish people of God is not limited to that small group of believers. What affects the Jewish people of God will affect the world. What affects the nation's what affects their nation will affect the nations around, and the nations around will be brought to recognize that this Jewish king is the king overall, because Jesus is king. Matthew's gospel makes that clear right from the start. Jesus is not just a Jewish Messiah. He's a king who would become savior of the world, John 4, verse 42, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, John 3, verse 16. If you go back in time, this in itself is the fulfillment of another promise, one that God had made to Abraham, the forefather of this nation of Jews long before, saying, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
Now, this was important for the Jews to wrap their mind around because for the Jews, for a long time now, they had felt rather insignificant in the world. They had come under one oppressor after another. And when it comes to the time of this gospel, they had been under the boots of Roman oppression, under the sandals of imperial Rome for quite some time. Jewish religion was mostly for the Jews. How could they have something for the world? For a world that didn't view them very highly at all. And we, as we're reflecting on it, coming together, uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ this Christmas day, this can sometimes be something that's in our minds. How can we have something for a world that doesn't necessarily view Christianity very highly at all. But Matthew, writing specifically to the Jewish people of God, teaches this Jewish audience that they do have something for the world. Through them, God has brought blessing to the world. And God foreshadows the beginning of this work through bringing these pagan magi to their knees before an infant Jewish king. God foreshadows a time when the whole world will be brought to their knees in adoration before the gospel of Christ. When Gentiles like you and me will be brought into the kingdom of God. The Spirit of God is preparing the Jewish readers of Matthew's Gospel for the day when Jesus will say, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And the ruler of Israel, verse 6, will become the ruler of a kingdom that covers all the earth. And this brings us to our second point, the reaction. A claim like this demands a reaction. It demands a response. And Matthew highlights this as he comes to this event in his gospel. He shows how the world reacts to this new king and it's not all good. It's like the Holy Spirit teaches us in chapter 1 of John's gospel. In him was a light, and that light was the life of men, but the darkness did not comprehend it. The world did not know him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. One such person was King Herod. We read in this verse, it's, it's a very interesting uh, moment that, I don't know if you picked this out at all, but it says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. When Herod is troubled, everybody's troubled. King Herod was a man who was afraid of the power of Jesus. And he was a man who was famous for his paranoia. Any chance that there was for competition to his kingship, he met with brutal and unrestrained force. This is why all of Jerusalem was troubled. He even killed his own family members, three of his own sons. 
if he suspected any chance of someone taking away from his power, he would kill them. It got to such a point that the Emperor Augustus himself is said to have remarked, it's better to be Herod's pig than his son. Because Herod was still acting as if he was a practicing Jew, and therefore he would not eat pork. You were safer if you were Herod's pig than if you were Herod's son. He was a wicked man. The light shone in the darkness. The darkness tried to overcome it. As we read, he tried to destroy Jesus, this young king. But it wasn't just Herod. The religious leaders rejected him as well. Now, they were willing to humor Herod in discovering where the Messiah would be born, but they weren't particularly impressed by non-Jewish wise men claiming that their Messiah was born. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. God's mercy, however, is shown in this. That he's a God who breaks boundaries, whose grace breaks boundaries. And to those who did not know him, he made himself known. He brought foreigners to come kneel before the king. Congregation of Jesus Christ, friends and visitors, Christ's coming divides the world. It divides the world into those who accept him and those who acknowledge him as king and those who do not. The birth of this little baby boy in Bethlehem demands a response. Who will be brought by God to bend the knee? Now you who are here today, whether you are a member here or you are visiting, whether you've heard the gospel countless times or this is your first, the light comes to you. The light of Jesus Christ has come. The one who is not only shepherd of the people of God, as the prophecy quoted in verse 6 says, but the king to whom all nations will bow down, as is foreshadowed by the bowing of the Magi, As we can see as the gospel has spread around the world now and the gospel continues to spread. Who will you be in this story today? Jesus is the light of the world. He is Lord. He is King. Will you acknowledge him? His birth. His entry into the world demands a response. There are those who come before him with reverence and with awe and with love, but there are also those who come before him with rejection and hostility. However, what we can see here in this passage is that ambivalence, not caring one way or another, is not an option. Which is your response? If you think, well, this is only for Christians, or, well, it's mainly other Christians who respond to this. This isn't for me. If this is your thought, there is good news. Your assumption is as mistaken as if you had assumed that there was a little drummer boy at the manger. 
come back to this gospel with new eyes. Come back to this gospel with the eyes that, that, that the Holy Spirit wanted Matthew's readers to have. Consider what the Jewish readers of this gospel were being reminded of. For a long time, many in the nation of Israel thought that God's messianic promises were just for them, were just for a small in-group. And it even became an issue later in the early church. Was Jesus a Messiah just for the Jews? Was Jesus just for this one group of people? But God shows the readers of this gospel, and God shows you and me today as well, that his salvation is for all whom he calls to himself. Anyone who hears has the free gift of the gospel of grace offered. If Jesus Christ is not your Lord, he is calling for a response today. Who will you be? If you reply, it's only his work in your life and his mercy and his grace. And congregation, the same reminder is true for us today. You who love our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord, and his birth demands a response. And in his mercy, he has brought us to respond, not out of anything that we've done or because we are more worthy, but because he has brought us, just as he brought the Magi to bend the knee. Let's stand in awe of the fact that God in his mercy has called us out of the nations, has called us Gentiles to follow him. And let's respond with reverence, awe, adoration, trust, and obedience. Let's kneel once again before our king. Amen.